When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is March 14th, and oh yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Did you check out the updated top 100 starting pitcher rankings yesterday? Well, you should have. I put out my top 100 rankings updated yesterday. Lots of changes, which is not typical but I felt there were there was a shift in my view of how I was drafting certain guys and having more discussion over the co- of the past six weeks um, allowed me to realign how I felt um, about certain guys. And also, we have spring training here to give us extra information. Things like Lucas Giolito and Luzardo looking great and Matthew Boyd and Spencer Turnbull, all that kind of stuff that we've been you know shrugging our shoulders to and now we have better information. So really fun to see all of that in play. Go check it out on the site. But we had new spring training games yesterday, and we're going to talk about them right now. Kyle Gibson, four innings, one earned run, three hits, zero walks, two Ks. I got no word on the slider for you. I wish I did. It didn't really seem like, uh, in, in, the, in the quotes I had, there was no focus on it. And he threw a new one at the end of last year, but doesn't really seem like it's a major deal. So I'm just going to kind of ignore it for now. Framber Valdez, this made me chuckle. And if you know why, uh, props to you when I read out the line. Framber Valdez went four innings, one earned run, four hits, one walk, and four strikeouts. So here is my timeline of reaction. Huh, that's a really good line, Framber Valdez. Am I actually raking him too low? Which is silly to say, of course, because it's spring training. And then I realized, wait a second, let's do some quick maths. Four hits, one walk, four innings. That's a 1-2-5 whip, which is exactly the reason why Framber Valdez is not higher on the list. There you go. It's a, it's a stupid thing because, again, spring training does not really matter, but this is this is why he is where he is. Zach Plesak, 2.2 innings, 2 runs, 4 hits, 1 walk, 3 Ks. Why does Zach Plesak really matter? Well, it's because there are some interesting options if Zach Plesak were to be so bad the Guardians say, you know what, we need to replace you with Gavin Williams or someone else. Cody Morris when he's healthy. Not going to happen anytime soon. Zach Plesak has the job. Michael Grove, 2.2 innings, 3 and runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, 3 Ks. It started an interesting conversation inside of a Twitch chat. And by the way, if you're not checking out the Twitch stream in the morning, it's 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. I do this live with everybody. And you should be there. I answer all the fantasy questions you want. We go over the games. I do this in season as well. So I'm going to be doing this Monday through Friday all the way through October. Come hang out. What are you doing? It's free. Anyway, uh, we were talking about Michael Grove versus Ryan Papillo. And I've been kind of like on the Michael Grove train a bit. And this might take him a step back. Keep in mind, this is for the theoretical Dodgers SP6 because I think that a lot of those guys are going to get injured in that rotation. There's going to be an open spot very quickly. And I don't think that the Dodgers are going to push up Gavin Stone or Bobby Miller right away, which means that Stone, uh, that sorry, that Grove or Papillo are going to be the first option. Which one? I don't know yet. I've been thinking it might be Michael Grove, 
Didn't do well here. Papillo has looked a lot better, and we looked into Papillo a little bit more. Last year, he had that that monstrous 16% plus walk rate. Why? Because he threw a changeup 25% of the time that had a 44% strike rate. And if you remember me talking about strike rate at all, I'm always like, oh, he had a 55% strike rate. A 44% is terrible. It was third percentile among all pitchers. Horrible. And that is why he had such a bad walk rate. However, what I've seen from Papillo in the spring is that his strike, strike rate on his changeup is way up. It's closer to probably like 60% or so. And that's a huge deal when you already have a slider that has a good strike rate and the fastball that has a strike rate. So that walk rate could just go away if that changeup is actually getting strikes like it used to. And that would make him a clearer uh, SP6. So if that's the case, Papillo becomes an interesting option again. And I would think that Michael Grove is more like the SP7. It doesn't really look like he was too solid in this one. But it's just an interesting thing to monitor through spring so that we have an idea once the, the season starts. Um, Zach Gallen hasn't really had the sharpest spring training. And it continued here. Four innings, two earned runs, five hits, three walks, one strikeout. If you remember last year, uh, Zach Gallen had a couple weeks uh, to recover from his shoulder. He had a shoulder stiffness. He needed more time. With the lockout happened to a couple guys, happened to Zach Wheeler as well. We saw like Luis Castillo delayed, for example. And Zach Allen was affected as well. It might be part of the same thing of that he just needs more time to ramp up. He's clearly not where he wants to be right now. I'm not too concerned. Uh, but it is something to monitor through the spring to see if Zach Allen is continuing to uh, fail to find his rhythm. Uh, Corbin Burns saw that Garrett Cole was flip-flopped with him as the SP1. And now Corbin Burns is the SP2 on my list. And what did he do? Four innings, zero runs, one hit, one walk, five Ks. Good to see you. Nick, why is Corbin Burns number two now? Pretty simply put, PLV doesn't like him nearly as much as Garrett Cole. And I kind of was like, you know what? I'm going to go with Garrett Cole. Couldn't believe in my pitching model. All right, we have a lot of other guys we are going to talk about from yesterday's game. Some really interesting ones here. And we're going to talk about all of those after this break. Fads come and go and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. Robbie Ray continued pitching. I did not find what I wanted to find about his splitter. However, three innings, one earned run, four hits, one walk, and six Ks. Good stuff from Robbie Ray. He had some quotes about how the offseason being normal helped him massively for his uh, pregame routines and his uh, all, all this stuff about it. What was it? It was like working out and stretching and all that kind of stuff. There's a word I'm looking for and I'm forgetting it. 
Now, it is five base runners in three innings, which isn't ideal, but I think we should feel pretty good about Robbie Ray. And if the splitter is any good, that will be in addition to that four-seamer slider combination. Hopefully, he doesn't have to turn to that sinker away to righties, which makes no sense to me. I still don't get it. Brett Honeywell for the Padres. Went four innings, three and runs, three hits, one walk. Fine. Seven strikeouts. He looked filthy. The changeup was looking good. Good sliders I saw to right-handers as well. Um, there's a fantastic video I retweeted about it. Uh, Brent Honeywell has a chance of being the SP6. There's Julio Tehran. Um, there's a chance that Tehran has it with a new sinker, and they just say, you know what? He has a history of it. We'll ease Brent Honeywell in at another point. But can you think of the depth of the Padres right now, okay? Uh, let's say Joe Musgrove is in that rotation. and fine. You have Michael Walker's SP4. SP5 and 6 are then Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo. Let's say Tehran 7. Maybe Honeywell is 8. Morejon got pushed back and out, so we're going to move that one away. Um, Honeywell would be 8. Then you have Jay Groom as 9. Ryan Weathers is 10. There are so many uh, to consider. Brent Honeywell is fighting for it. And 7 strikeouts in 4 innings is showcasing the filth. There is lots of possibility. There one whip here, so don't just look at the 300 runs. Uh, Honeywell might be finally having that uh, that moment in the spotlight that we thought he would have years ago. Uh, Sean Manaya, 3.1 innings, two and runs, two hits, one walk, three Ks. Now, what is the thing on Sean Manaya? Well, his velocity was up earlier in the spring. We were just hoping it sticks around. And I went scouring through Twitter because, of course, we don't have any other information, no other way to get it. And I found one guy saying that Sean Manaya hit 96 in the first inning. Thank you so much, Jake. I retweeted you, gave you a like on Twitter because of it. I appreciate you so much. If you're listening to this and if you happen to go to a spring training game, find, sit next to somebody with a radar gun and ask them what the, that guy was sitting. Please, for the benefit of all of us, if you see it on the, on the, the board, just tweet it out. Send me a DM, something. It goes so far for all of us. Thank you so much, Jake, for doing that. Uh, Sean Manai, if he's thrown 96 in the first thing, that means he likely is sitting 94 still, which means he is up my draft boards. Very, very fun late flyer, Sean Manai. Lance Lynn, five innings pitch, one earned run, two hits, zero walks, and six Ks in the WBC against Canada. There's Lance Lynn. His velocity is about the no- normal from last year. We want it to be slightly higher because he was down earlier on in the season than recovered. But still, we'll take this all day. I like Lance Lynn. I moved him into my top 30, like right at the end of my top 30. But I do like Lance Lynn, especially where he's at right now and healthy and the knees better and all of that stuff. Miles Michaelis followed for 33 pitches. It was Miles Michaelis. I have no interest in Miles Michaelis this year. I think it's just too boring. And there's no reason to chase it um, in your 12-teamer. I think you can find a Mike Michaelis. Um, I, I got into a discussion with Fast and the OTC about the idea of Michaelis being, oh, top 50 pitcher last year and player Raider. And I think player Raider kind of messes us up because that's best ball and it's not really recognizing. It's just saying if you throw a lot of innings or get a good amount of wins, you're going to be much higher on the player Raider for the most part. And that's not really how the league works in a 12-teamer, right? Um, so, Miles Michaelis is just not worth what... It's just not worth your draft pick when you could be chasing Sean Manai. You could be chasing 
uh, Matthew Boyd or, or Spencer Turnbull out of the gate. There are so many interesting options. And if you want to settle on a Miles Michaelis, trust me, we will find a Miles Michaelis on the waiver wire. It's that easy in 12 teamers. Just hang out on Twitch and read my streaming pictures article in the beginning or just the Nespy roundups. It's all there. You don't need to settle for my old Michaelis and slot him in every single week. It doesn't do you much good. Christian Javier, four innings, zero and runs, two hits, one walk, and four strikeouts. Yep, he's Christian Javier. He actually didn't really have his greatest four-seamer command. It was a lot in the middle of the zone. He only had two hard-hit balls, but lots of sliders in the zone, which is what you want to see from Christian Javier. This was all in the WBC. Good stuff there. Drew Rasmussen went three innings, zero and runs, one hit, one walk, three Ks. I still very much like Drew Rasmussen. I am a little disappointed that his velocity was back down to 95-96, which was normal from last year. It's just that he was up a tick or two earlier in the spring in just five whiffs, but two hard hit balls. Drew Rasmussen still looks very, very good. Fine. We'll, we'll, we'll accept this, Drew Rasmussen. Um, David Garcia is still up three ticks to 95.3 across 34 four-seamers, but the command isn't good. The secondaries aren't good. Yeah, okay, I'm moving on from that. But it's nice that his velocity's back. That's one step. Now you got to do the other things. Uh, speaking of velocity, we have Alec Manoa. 3.1 innings, two hits, three earned runs, four walks, five Ks, six something else, six base runners. Oh, man. So here's, here's the deal. Alec Manoa is still a tick down in velocity. He clearly is not quite complete with the four walks. But the slider is getting whiffs. Seven out of 19 slider whiffs. And actually, if you ask me, Nick, what is the major thing you want to see from Alec Manoa in the spring? <laughs> it's slider whiffs because I feel like he should be closer to like a 26, 27% strikeout rate. Now that's like 23%. And people have been saying like, oh yeah, Alec Manoa, he's good for like 180 Ks or something like that, right? 170. He's not really a strikeout guy. And I just see like, what? His slider should be getting so many more strikeouts. And 5Ks in 3.1 innings, but four walks. Ah, it's like one step forward, two steps back almost. And uh, hopefully Manoa can get the velocity back, can lower those walks, and keep that slider whiff rate up. Okay. Ty Lord McGill. Ah, does he deserve the D? I don't know. I'm not going to say that phrase again. Four innings, zero earned runs, three hits, one walk, three Ks. So here's the situation. With the Mets, you got Jose Quintana out for months. You have Kodai Senga already expressing some injury concerns. He should be fine, but it's already like, what's going on here? You have Carlos Carrasco still slightly down in velocity. You have Max Scherzer, who is destined for the IL at some point this year, and Justin Verlander, who we hope can just be a rock for that team. So Tyler McGill is going to get starts this year. The question is, how good are they going to be? Now, if you just look at the line, four innings, zero and runs, three hits, one walk, three Ks. Great. We're super thrilled with that, right? Problem is, it was a weak lineup, and he's still two ticks down on his velocity. When I got excited, when he was crowned Ty Lord, he was sitting 96 and touched 99 on opening day with a slider that was getting whiffs, a good change up down. It was everything I wanted to see. Now he's around 94, and the slider went one for 11 in whiffs. That is not Ty Lord McGill. That is Ty Lord McGill. And I want to be in. I really, really do. But until I see that velocity jump up again, I can't. So I'm hoping he's just ramping up a little bit. He's being slow about it. I would think he's trying to earn that job right out of camp so he wouldn't be ramping up. But I can't jump in on McGill at this lower velocity. 
I just don't think he's as good as we want him to be. Um, but there is also the situation that it is a good schedule for the Mets, and it's a situation if he does get the job, monitor this. Peterson, to me, feels like the guy getting that number five job out of camp for the Mets instead of McGill. We'll see what happens. Whoever gets it, I think, is a nice stream the first week. Braxton Garrett, 4.1 innings, 5 and runs, 6 hits, 3 walks, and 3 Ks. Braxton Garrett's the SP6, in my view, for the Marlins behind Edward Cabrera and Trevor Rogers. He still is, despite this bad outing. Yuri Perez is a very intriguing one. Don't get me wrong. The second that he starts this year, you want to add him everywhere. But I think he's the SP7. I think the Marlins are going to take it slow. And they're going to absolutely have Braxton Garrett in the first opportunity that they need him. He's down a tick as well. Not really fun, but he threw 70 pitches. Like, he's, he's got it. And the last one here, someone I actually did not include on the list, is Shintaro Fujinami. Why did I not do it? Because I think he's a cherry bomb. And he went three innings, seven strikeouts, four and runs for its three walks. And I looked at the, you know, I looked at the Savant page and everything to see how he, uh, the game feed, lots of slider whiffs and even the sweeper too. Slider and sweeper being two different things on Savant now. And that's great. I get the feeling that his fastball is not dependable in any facet. That is, when it's in the zone, it gets hit hard and then he can't always trust to get strikes with it. There's also the splitter, which didn't really get many whiffs. I think at one. And it's just... It's weird. It feels like almost Otani, where if Fujinami goes 45% slider, maybe that works because it was a super high CSW overall, 37% CSW, and that's three walks is weird. That's kind of why he's a cherry bomb. It's just he's volatile, and all of a sudden, like, he'll lose at-bats and stuff. If Fujinami is going 45% sliders, that is including the sweeper, then maybe I'm more interested, and if, especially if that comes with a lower walk rate. But out of the gate, I just feel really weird throwing Fujinami in there because it does have massive potential for disaster. And I don't want... I like to take chances. I mean, it's shocking. But I like to take chances that have a ceiling but also a reasonable floor so you're not feeling like you just got bombed in the first week and this is horrible. Um, And I I do worry that Fujinami can be a disaster um, in that first week. Like, you don't want it to be like Gombard. (laughs) Or something, you know, that's that's a bomb of a start. So anyway, that that's that's my hesitation with Fujinami. I understand people who want to take a chance on it. Uh, it could very well work out. It just feels too risky of a proposition right now. But that is it for today's edition of the Plus Pitch Podcast. Thank you all so much for rating and reviewing uh, the podcast. Also, definitely check out PL Pro. We have so many things to help you with your fantasy drafts, including our live drafts assistant tool. Uh, we also have... Uh, projections in season this is the cool thing it's not just about the preseason with pl pro the entire year we're giving you plv powered dfs projections and fantasy projections daily and weekly for the latter that will help you make your game time decisions um, so go check that out and uh and sign up today it's 20 dollars a month uh that's less than a dollar a day to help make your decisions and win your fantasy league so i uh, check that out at pitchless.com slash premium. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. 
From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.